This is high school, and if you show passion or enthusiasm for anything, you're doomed. You may as well just wear a big kick-me sign. So, that's... So basically, going to science club is the equivalent of freely admitting that you are a paedophile in, <laughs> uh, in high school circles. Yeah. Hello and welcome to Sabrina the Teenage Watch, the podcast where three um, succulent young northern men talk about all 163 episodes of everyone's favourite teenage-based witch sitcom, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. As always, me, the host, I'm called Phil Dean, and to my left is my good companion called Graeme Riley. Hello, Graeme. I'm fine, thank you. You just said me, I'm called Phil Dean. <laughs> me, I'm or I'm. You said me, I'm called Phil Dean. Yes, I'm uh, I'm fine, thank you, Phil. Oh, you Good, good. And, and Chris, uh, to my right, of course, Chris Evans, how are you? Wait a minute, that's not Chris Evans. It's not, no. Oh, God, I should have checked before I introduced it. This is embarrassing. Um, unfortunately, if you are a massive uh, Chris Evans fan, bar not the uh, the radio personality or the Hollywood hunk, um, then you'll be sorely disappointed he is absent on this show. All three Chris Evanses have no-showed. <laughs> he was number three and he, he, was, he just didn't... Uh, did RSVP in time, so he's not here on this episode. Um, I've often believed because of how much of a close-knit family and how good friends the three of us are, then I thought maybe we couldn't do the show without him. But he is replaceable, and we have replaced him <laughs> in this episode. Special guest to my right is none other than uh, my younger brother, Jimmy Dean. Hello, Jimmy. How do? How do? Are you excited? Uh, very. <laughs> very much so. Very excited. Very excited. Me and Graeme and Chris at that, when we started doing this podcast uh, a mere nine episodes ago, we were quite honest in that we didn't know anything about the show, or we remember characters' names, remember what characters vaguely look like, but aside from that, there's no knowledge of no. Sabrina the Teenage Witch amongst three of us at all. Where do you stand on your knowledge when it comes to Sabrina the Teenage Witch? Uh, well, I've got to be brutally honest. Um, today was the first episode that I've seen of Sabrina the Teenage Witch in, well, since I was probably about nine years old. Because <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm 23 in a matter of weeks, it's been quite a long time. Um, so yeah, <laughs> remembered faces, remember the odd name, but I was very much just kind of going into it for the first time really yeah well that's it I mean so were we only a uh, sort of a month or two ago anyway so, and we we're, I feel like we're quite up to speed right? oh yeah absolutely and we're realising that uh, for the most part it holds up it does it does and the bits that don't hold up are fun to take to pieces so they are exactly we're yes. having a great time so, uh, first of all, before we start talking about this episode, Jimmy, did you did you enjoy this episode, seeing it happen to be, I mean, arguably, no spoilers here, but you know, I might give one here. It's not the best of episodes we could have introduced you in. The ones that we've covered before have been far more, uh, far funnier and better. But was this, did you enjoy this uh, experience from your hiatus, the search <laughs> of uh, watching Sabrina? Yeah, I mean, Sabrina hi- hiatus now comes to them. But yeah, it wasn't too bad. I mean, <laughs> I think we probably all had that kind of thing in our head where, you know, when you go to... When, when, if you've got like a great TV show you want to show a friend and then the first time you go to show them it's always like a really dreadful episode mm. or something that just doesn't sell it at all and you're like D- don't worry the next one will be good but no actually to be honest this was a decent enough episode it wasn't amazing wasn't poor but it was, it was quite funny I think we'll, when we get into it there were actually some generally quite funny bits into it yeah. um, you know mildly offensive to, <laughs> to, to a certain group of people but uh, 
That was an interesting one, I suppose. It was. Yeah, it was, I mean, it's actually worked out well that Chris is in here because um, if you joined us on the last episode, when I told him what the synopsis of this episode was, he, he got quite angry and he, it was it was almost like he has planned to not uh, turn yeah. up for this one. The things he worried would happen, um, the form he feared this episode would take, he was 100% spot on. <laughs> he was, yeah. He will be glad he wasn't here for this. Yeah, and, and what this episode about, this is episode 9, entitled Geek Like Me. And in in its simplest form, uh, Sabrina, tired of Libby's shit and the uh, just her bullying of and mocking of the geek community, she decides to turn her into a geek and give her a taste of her own medicine. And when I, well, when I told you both this, it was like, mm, mm, okay. But Chris was worried about exactly what form, as you say, this episode would take. He assumed that Libby would end up wearing glasses, that she might have acne, that mm-hmm. she's going to have greasy hair. And lo and behold, that's she, that's exactly right. That's exactly yeah, they they have. So. She turns into the geeks that never existed, only on TV. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what I like to call the FNAF Nagi. <laughs> yeah. Um and yeah, so exactly what he thought actually happened. Um so Jimmy, seeing you are replacement Chris this week, um do you share the same anger? Without spoiling too much ahead, are you are you fueled with hatred for the direction that they went for this episode? <laughs> Did um, this offend you? I mean I wouldn't say it offended me, but I mean it's <laughs> I mean, basically, what they've done here, they basically you if if you you could always pause this podcast, watch the episode, and then you could always just make like a geek bingo card. I'm just <laughs> every like yeah. every like element of the stereotype, and you could get a full house like on yeah. this w- without any difficulty. Like they've basically just gone through all elements of stereotype and just put a tick box, check, checked it off the list, and just kind of added it to Libby. Yeah. But... Well, I, I mean, it's, it's not too late to still do that. I'll tell you what, when we go through the episode, we'll make note of all the, the geeky-isms yeah. um, that she develops and see, um, and at the end we'll totally open and just see exactly how uh, not only unrealistic and unfair the depiction is, but also how mildly offensive it is as well. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we'll go through that. So we might as well crack on. This is episode nine, as I say, uh, entitled Geek Like Me. Okay. So the episode opens up with Hilda and Zelda clearing out their linen closets. Of course, Jimmy, uh, we didn't see it in this episode, and it's something you may have forgotten. The linen closet isn't just a usual, a normal linen closet that we oh, might no. have at home. This linen closet is the one that they use to travel to the other realm. <laughs> right, okay. So they use this to travel into space, essentially. We found out that witches live in space. Yeah. I didn't think that, that was where <laughs> yeah. came from. Yeah. Several thousand light years away is the domain of witches. That is where the <laughs> witch council, where the head witch, uh, Pendulet of Penn and Teller, where he is based. So, uh, yeah, this, um, this linen closet is their way of transporting themselves from the mortal realm into the witch's realm. And we also learn it's where they've been keeping the last several hundred years' worth of junk that they've accumulated. (laughs) Because that's the other thing, Jimmy. Uh, Witches live for hundreds of years. The reason Hilda and Zelda own medieval artefacts is because they are 600 years old. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You wouldn't look it, you wouldn't have thought that, would you? Here's a question, just just off the back of that. Um, Did witches exist before the inventions of linen closets? Or what what did did, did they have, like... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe they went down wells. Maybe they, I don't know, just went into Enter kilns. Kilns, maybe. Yeah, yeah I don't know. So I was picturing one day someone invents a closet and all of a sudden a witch just pops through <laughs> in. Oh, I've been waiting so long for this to maybe. be invented. Yeah, maybe. maybe. That's that's a good theory. You've, 
you've only, you've only been on the show a matter of minutes, but you've already posed a good uh, good thought there. Yes. Yeah, so, but this is the first time we've actually seen it used as a linen closet, not just a transportation device. Um, so, as Graham correctly identified, this is medieval artifacts that are being cleared out. Specifically, a um, I always forget how to pronounce it. A, a curus, isn't it? Or curus? It's it's basically a, a armor yeah. plate, a suit of armor, basically. I'd actually never heard it given an official name until this episode. This I, was an educational experience for me. Yeah, I mean, I only know it just from things like. Um, um, RPG games and stuff where you pick yeah. up a piece of armor that's executed. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, yeah, so it's being... They're clearing out this medieval artifacts and out comes this suit of armor, um, a mace, and a cannon, all of which that she defends and says, oh, I, these are all useful items. I use them. You can't get rid of them, as you would when you're cleaning out a, um, a grubby cupboard. Um, Zelda, though, poses her with a task. If she can find three useful ways to use these items then she can, uh, within the next week she can keep them so fair game let's go see how well she can use a mace a cannon and a suit of armor for um she then goes to push the uh, the cannon into sabrina's bedroom or just in that direction sabrina comes out of the room and goes oh fine i'll do my homework <laughs> and then it just ends there because that is one useful use for a cannon yeah she finds another um use which well another two uses <laughs> yeah um and so we'll explore the the way she uses these suits of armor. But yeah, yeah, quite quite a funny opener already, and yep. nice to see them be consistent with how old Hilda and Zelda are. Yep, uh, she she says it, it's typical of Hel- uh, Hilda to be reminiscent of the Dark Ages. She says Hilda, as we've discussed before, thinks little of killing or attempting to kill people. It does not surprise me she owns instruments of death. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and I pose this question. I'll put it to you as well, boys. Is Zelda says. Um, it's dangerous to keep instruments of uh, death or instruments of terror in the, the house. But they're all witches. They are all each instruments of danger. and Yeah, they can they can do damage just by pointing at things. Yeah. So... It looks like a gun, really. <laughs> yeah, they don't even need weapons. No. So they, they are, they're more dangerous than the, yeah. the cannon, which probably doesn't work. But it does. Spoiler alert. Um, in the titles, as always, uh, Serena's fourth outfit is something different uh, each week, much like a Simpsons gag. Uh, what is it this week, Graham? She's a beatnik, a um, 19, early 1960s, late 1950s beat poet, you know, um, beret, I think, uh, black turtleneck, I think she might have sunglasses on as well. She says something like, it's cool, daddy-o. Yeah, a beatnik. Yeah. Did you, did you laugh heartily? Uh, I didn't even know that was an Easter egg. They did <laughs> everything. <laughs> so I was just watching it. I was like, oh. <laughs> of course, yeah. yeah. I vaguely remember this title sequence with the music in the mirror. That was about it. But yeah, yeah. Cool Daddy is all she says. So. Uh, this episode then after the titles we're at Mr Poole's class and he seems to be lecturing the human jawbone confusing yes. Harvey instantly in the process because we all learn that Harvey uh, is daft not the brightest spark no of things though you would have thought he'd know more about the jaw because he wants to be a dentist doesn't he yeah but he just seems very ill prepared for it because his attitude towards science is just so um, indifferent shit. and <laughs> shit that uh, yeah I think Harvey needs to uh, get his priorities straight it but we love, we love him anyway yeah we, we do he's, he's, a, he's a jock with a heart that we've come to learn yeah. the class bell goes but before they all leave Mr Poole asks them all to stay behind as fellow student Gordy has an announcement and it's uh, the announcement that it is uh, science week and yes. to commemorate it the science club 
uh, a group of stereotypical nerds, as we've mentioned, will be meeting every single night after school. Mm, to talk about all things sciencey, Or, as Libby says, National Geek Week, you mean? <laughs> Zing. Um, so, yeah, they're meeting every day, and Libby's not having any of it because she's, she's just mocking them. She's being really bloody rude. The class is dismissed, and Gordy opens up a locker in his face. Yeah. Naturally. The... Telltale sign, the calling card of the geek we learn in this episode, is you cannot open a locker without striking yourself in the face. Now, this seems like a quite a difficult thing to do. Not that we've tested it on ourselves recently. Well, we, 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 we were in school, weren't we? We were in high school, we had lockers. Did you ever open one in your face? No, well, I just put a carton of milk in there for half the term. Oh, gross. Um... <laughs> I had it opened in my face by uh, <laughs> by, by people before, by, uh, by by the libbies of our school, but uh, yeah, I don't think I ever inflicted that upon myself. Yeah, Jimmy, you were you're four years younger than us, so was, did that make a comeback? Did <laughs> did did opening the locker in your face um, come back into the limelight? Of uh, school? I mean, gotta be honest, seeing that scene did bring you know I did get a bit of a, bit of a PTSD back to my school days, just the flashback, Vietnam flashbacks. Yeah, no, but I mean, I failed to see how you could really just just. Hit, hit yourself in the face with a locker. To be honest, I mm. mean, even even when it was happening by by the second in one particular scene, I was like, how how does this happen? But whatever. Yeah, it's whatever. it's it's used as the, as the telltale sign of that. Oh, they're a geek, and it happens more frequently. And it's just weird. There, there's surely a better ways you can show someone being a geek. Also, even though geeks love science. And physics is science. They don't know how to stack books properly so that they don't fall over. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah. That, that's yeah. the other telltale sign. You cannot carry more than two books without um, the top three, four, five books falling on the floor. Yeah. Can you have different brands of geek? Maybe they're not the science geek. They go to science club, but maybe they're English well, geeks. Can you have PE geeks? Well, yeah, that's the jocks, aren't yeah. they? Like PE maybe. geeks, if anything, would be the jocks. Yeah. They're the ones who just... Do sport and yeah. watch sport, play sport, and nothing else. Mm. Gordy shows us that he is a geek by opening it out of his face. Then Libby and her friends give her a, uh, give him a couple of uh, insults. Um, she says, "Why don't you come up with a scientific explanation as to why you're such a loser?" Oh, followed by Zipmaster and Wessonhead. Wessonhead. Wessonhead was the one I was like, what the hell is that? So I Googled it. And in my strenuous research that took all of two minutes, I the only thing I could find to do with Wesson is from Smith & Wesson, which is a gun, um, manufacturer. A, a gun yeah. manufacturer. So I, so I thought, is he called Wessonhead because his head is shaped like the barrel of a gun? Or is it insinuating that why don't you shoot yourself in the head and it'll all be over? Maybe. <laughs> Wesson Wesson yeah I mean I don't know it, it could it could just be an American reference that has gone completely over our heads but uh, our Wesson heads that's <laughs> yeah what, may, maybe it's the American equivalent of Jebend you know, <laughs> maybe, maybe yeah <laughs> I mean yeah Zipmaster yeah it sounds more like um, a, a hip hop recording artist yeah but yeah Wesson head it's, it's very peculiar <laughs> I'm glad that it tickled you as well. Um, 
And, and as well, it's worth noting that these are uh, Libby's friends who, who temporarily disappeared for... I say temporarily. They've been gone for about six episodes. Yeah, and now they're back. <laughs> they're back. As is Jenny, who was absent in the last episode. Although um, um, Sasha, who filled in as Libby's friend in the interim, has now vanished. Yeah. I think she can only have a few friends at a time. Yeah. So Jenny, overhearing, says that Gordy needs to be more in touch with his audience and that no one knows or cares about what Galileo did in 1851. Well, of course, I we, th- we I all knew this answer. Really. I, don't, I don't think anyone cared about what Galileo did in 1851, Phil, because he was long dead. It's 1581. Um. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so Rita says what the answer is. He suddenly attended the University of uh, Pisa, I think. Yeah. Uh, to which Jenny surprisingly says, Sabrina, I didn't know you were a geek. And I say surprising because if anyone, if there's any other cast member that's going to be a geek, surely it's Jenny, this outsider who... Um, likes ostracising herself from the group and stuff and seeing... Like, she's just an outsider. Yeah, and she likes she, books she, and poetry. She, and She literally calls herself an outsider in the episode. Yeah, yeah. she, she does that frequently. Other. She calls herself a freak. Uh, but if anyone who's going to be that person who should... People go to, uh, Jenny and stuff, she has the the cheek, if you will, yeah. the geek cheek to say to Sabrina, like, oh, you're a... I didn't know you were a geek. Um, Sabrina then says, I'm not. I just like science. Does that make me a geek? She says, no, I guess not. And Sabrina then drops the bombshell. I'm even thinking about going by the science club (gasps) after school. Bloody hell. Uh, Jenny says that that could be a problem because this is quite an insightful um, thing into how high school ran, really. It's nice to see it in hindsight. She says, this is high school. And if you show passion or enthusiasm for anything, you're doomed. You may as well just wear a big kick me sign, which by luck she does. Yes. So, that's... So basically, going to science club is the equivalent of freely admitting that you are a paedophile in, <laughs> uh, in high school circles. Yeah, <clears throat> it is. It, it's awful. Like Again, it, just to what Jenny says there about, you know, it, it's the worst thing you could do in high school is show... Ambition. Show ambition <laughs> and a passion to do something other than school during the school day. Yeah. And... Yeah, it's really, really depressing, isn't it? Like, it's it's something that is more dark looking back at it and going, oh, yeah, that's why I was so miserable in school as well. Well, you think, certainly from my personal uh, recollections, like, how how often were you sort of forced by sort of social, like, by peer pressure to pretend that you didn't care about tests mm. and lessons or that you didn't find anything interesting? Yeah. Quite, I mean, quite often. Yeah, I mean, I, I was always into like, the drama clubs and stuff like that. And luckily, my well, our circle of friends, yeah. um, we were all into similar stuff. There was yeah. a couple of people that were like, just play sport. But, yeah. um, and there were some people that, you know, classes do dwindle and after school activities do dwindle because people are ashamed, really, yeah. of, of showing ambition and uh, passion for something that people will otherwise have a problem with. However... We may as well get into this now. It's sort of a theme that runs throughout the episode, and we've already uh, discussed it. Geek culture in the year of our Lord 2017, as we speak to you from now, is a big deal. It's extremely mainstream. Um, people freely admit to being geeks. Being a geek is actually cool. Um, and I think even though the nerdy stereotypes which are shown in this episode haven't entirely gone away. We were, we have decided to nominate 
geek culture being this absolute sort of taboo, this thing you that you absolutely must not in any way show yourself to be in tune with, lest your social status plummet. Mm. That is this week's That's So 90s. That's So 90s. Oh yeah, you have to say that as well, Jimmy. That's uh, right. that's the thing. Oh, we failed to mention this, Jimmy. Before we, we our feature, that's so nineties. What we do is just just for a bit of jovial banter. We we like to say it one time each. Right. In in, in as a collective. But, I mean, don't don't be too ambitious. Don't be too passionate about it. Otherwise, we'll ostracise you. Uh, but yeah. So <laughs> so uh, so uh, would you like to say that again, Graham? And then you can say the first one, and I'll do second, and then Jimmy do the, the third one. It's this week's. That's so nineties. That's so nineties. So ninety. Um, so yeah, geek culture being the uh, this week's uh, that's so nineties. Just simply because everyone loves it now, and yeah. back in the day it was oh, yeah taboo. It was awful, yeah. wasn't it? Um, anyway, we're in the cafeteria, and Sabrina asks Harvey his advice about going to the science club. To which then he repeats exactly what Jenny said. I didn't know you were a geek. Sabrina says she's not, but is worried what everyone will think she is. Why does everyone have to be stuffed into a category? She says cheerleaders geeks i just don't want to be labeled hmm. which is a fair enough thing for um got a very mature thing to for sabrina because don't forget she is the still technically the new girl in school um which then harvey comments on he comes out with this incredibly insightful comment really uh, you have no choice you have a grace period as a new student but pretty soon you're gonna be stereotyped yes which is very cutthroat very to the point, but very accurate, really. Human beings, by their nature, especially as teenagers trying to make sense of the world, like to categorise, like to pigeonhole. It's more or less true from, from my memories of high school. Mm. Yeah. Guys, were you? would you have considered yourself to be a stereotype in, in school, to have fitted uh, into a particular category? Jimmy, you first. Um, I mean, not so clean cut. I mean, at least in my days at high school, like, there wasn't... I mean, obviously in a TV show, like, Sabrina, you're going to have, like, you clearly defined groups that are going to be so vastly different from one another. Mm-hmm. I think I kind of fluttered in between. I mean, I liked nerdy stuff before it was quote-unquote cool. Um, uh, I, I just kind of just got on with my work and just got it done. <laughs> yeah, so I, yeah. I was kind of just... just yeah... Almost geeky, almost not. Like just fluttered around. It wasn't anyone in particular. Mm. I was so terrified of expressing an opinion on anything because your opinions were judged so harshly that I was basically nothing because I I didn't really um, let my true self, which is quite geeky, um, really come out until uh, until college. I would say. Mm. So uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I was saying you know, sort of into. Geekies on what what we say like typically like nerdy stuff you know video games comic books and uh, Digimon you know just just like things that were acceptable to like at that age yeah. stuff if, if if you were fourteen and the girls picking on you or the boys picking on you were their favourite things in life at that point were drinking booze and smoking at the back of the bus yeah. mocking you for liking a new video game that. Every other fourteen-year-old boy is playing. Yeah, what's what's the big fucking deal? Sabrina then asks Harvey um, what he is, and he comes up with something a bit weird. He says, "Well, very confidently, he says, well, I'm a quasi-jock with semi-literary aspirations and a hint of nihilism." Yeah, that's uh, two extremely profound things, extremely verbose things that Harvey has said. 
which are massively out of character. <laughs> yeah. M- much more like the kind of things Jenny would, would come out with. Yeah. I've tried to research exactly what he meant by this. I couldn't find at all what a quasi-jock was. The only thing well, that came to mind is Quasimodo. Qu- no, really qu- like. a quasi or... Kind quasi. Yeah, it, mean, it, mean, it means kind of. Like, yeah. You know, so he's sort of... As, we, as we've discussed, he does enjoy playing football and everything, but he is a bit of a, you know, sort of awkward guy. He's not the best football player because he's not, like, not as big and, you know, sort of tough as the other guys. So, yeah, he is a quasi-jock. He's that's, pretty much right. That's quite interesting, actually, because, obviously, you've not seen episode 10 yet. In episode 10, it's all about how good Harvey is at sport. Really? Yeah. That is inconsistent, because his attempts at um, football in their terrible things are... Ended terribly for him. Yeah. So, so hmm, that's very interesting. Oh, very weird. Um, yeah, that he's semi. He's got semi literary ability, which is extremely obvious. Um, he's definitely semi literate. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, with a, a hint of nihilism again, which is ironic because no, you can't have a hint of nihilism. Really, <laughs> you're either are a nihilist or not. <laughs> yeah. You can't. Ha- you can't just be a bit extreme, can you? Like, <laughs> So, yeah, so that's Harvey for you in a nutshell. Um, of course, which Jenny then responds. She says, uh, she tried to be an outsider, but that didn't work out. Fair <laughs> enough. Tried to be yeah, an she, she tried to, to be an outcast and she was... She ended up with friends, so it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, then Libby, uh, she says, Libby calls her a freak, so she's okay with that. At, yeah. least, at least she's got a label. She's happy having a label. She'd much rather be known as a freak than as someone who's ignored, which is a bit, again, a bit depressing in the school system. It's quite comforting in a way, though, because, I mean, yeah, it sucks that everybody gets labelled and, you know, Sabrina's like, oh, my God, I don't want to be any of these, you know, these sort of categories that you're sort of, uh, Mm. that you're seeing um, everybody fall into. But Jenny and Harvey, even though they know they fit into sort of a, you know, they know what other people think of them, they know what preconceptions surround them, but they're they're cool with it. They're happy with who they are. Yeah, and that's nice. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's Jenny and and Harvey sort of explained to us as well, which is uh, I guess a nice way to catch up, Jimmy. Never seen the episodes before. In those two <laughs> sentences, you know exactly who they are now. Exactly. <laughs> you don't need to watch the other episodes. Um, just as oh, uh, except you'll never hear Harvey use a four syllable word again. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so just as that, um, when they're about to ask about Libby, Libby jumps up and the cheerleaders are doing an impromptu cheer routine uh, because it is um, so Westfield High, their school, are playing East Eastfield yeah. High, I assume as well. Um, so it's Spirit Week as well as it being Science Week. Spirit Week, um, where they're not going to be speaking to ghosts, but they are going to get people um, up and riled to support their team. Um, Harvey gives us a couple of sly digs about that the team are terrible, but she starts, and the rest of the cheerleaders start doing this uh, routine, and it's only during it then Sabrina says, um, she says that she thinks that looks daft and geeky. Which it is, cheerleading yeah. is, is very lame and geeky really when you break it down. Yeah, especially when you take something like that, which is rapturous applause and screams of a football field, and you put it in a school cafeteria, yeah, it does look a bit lame. Yeah. Because like marching bands in high school are um, stereotyped as being a geek. You know, we yeah, see this in American yeah. Pie. You know, like the the, the school band, they're band geeks. Geek. The cheerleaders they also wear silly uniforms. Mm. They also perform at football games. However, there's very little transferable skill from cheerleading into anything else. Whereas if you can play an instrument, <laughs> you can play an instrument. So I know which one I'd rather be part of. Yeah, that's just what I'm saying. Actually, this is something that sort of me and Jimmy can just quickly discuss. Is that 
it took, I've just completely forgotten. Like, I played a brass instrument from a young age. From yep. I think I started learning when I was seven, I yep. think. Um, and, yeah, I was very proud of it in primary school. In high school, I didn't tell people about it. And as I got older, I think I finished playing, I think, when I was 18. So I think I played it for about 10 years. Yeah. Um, and I just I just don't... I tell people now, because it's a cool thing to go, oh, if only I'd kept up with the music. But I stopped doing it because... I think I still enjoyed it, but I felt like I shouldn't enjoy it because I'm off to about, I'm, you know, I'm about to go off to university. I don't want to tell people I play a trumpet. You know, yeah. it's, you know, did you feel the same way, Jim? Because you, yeah. you played the same instruments as me. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, I know, I know where you're coming from with that. Um, it, it's, it's just the whole stigma attached to these. Uh, like when you think of films, like American Pie is always one spring to mind. Yeah. You're band geeks, and you have this certain image that you relate to that kind of. Uh, talent um, yeah there, there's always that kind of like, oh, I don't really want to tell anyone but then when you're older you're quite proud about learning an instrument and then most people you seem to tell they're just like oh that's, that's cool that's interesting yeah. well, you say, I, was just... a, if, I mean it doesn't really apply here because most schools don't have cheerleaders but if you said I was a cheerleader in school I'd just be like oh, oh, whatever. I mean I wouldn't give that reaction if you said you were a cheerleader in school <laughs> <laughs> um, so during this routine Sabrina asks why is Libby so popular Jenny then comes up with, again, this entire scene is full of such good, strong writing. Libby says, um, so Jenny says, Libby isn't popular, she's powerful. Mm. Sabrina questions how she got the power. She says she sees the power, and as long as others back her up, she'll keep it. It's all very Stalin. Yeah, and I mean, we've uh, theorised a lot about sort of Libby and why she is the way she is, what insecurities and um, ambitions um, sort of cause her to be so horrible. Um, And yeah, a theory we've had is that she just craves power and influence. So it's uh, very interesting to see that the writers have clearly had a bit of a think as to um, what underpins her behaviour as well. Yeah, uh, and and as long as she keeps hold of the power, that's it. She simply doesn't matter, I guess, what group she's in, just as long as she gets the power... Yeah, that's the most important thing. Because she's cheering in the middle of the cafeteria, poor Gordy ends up walking into her. Naturally, it's a oh. school cafeteria. Um, subsequently, wetting her uniform and sending her into a tirade. Sabrina tells her to back off because it was an accident. She tells her she's a freak and waves at Harvey and leaves. Yes. Because um, Harvey says, oh, I don't know why you've got such a big problem with Libby. Um, she's always so nice to me. Which we know is because she... Either has feelings for him, which is unlikely because Libby doesn't seem to genuinely like anybody, or she just really enjoys screwing with Sabrina by um, teasing affection towards um, her crush. What if it's totally different? We haven't discussed this even with Chris. What if she's also teasing and mocking Harvey? What, like leading him on? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Unfortunately for her, Harvey's too dim-witted to really, uh, <laughs> yeah. to really think that deeply about it, to actually be uh, disturbed by it in any way. Probably. Yeah, but um, you know, it's you know, it's a bit of a shame. Harvey then says, "See, I told you she was nice." Yeah, right, poor, poor naive bastard. Yeah. Um, anyway, we cut to the science club, which Mr. Poole is hosting. Of course, we of course. know a few episodes ago he says he hosts the science club as well. So he's doing it all week. Mr. Poole was a new character to you, Jimmy. Yeah, and his first couple of lines really could have really just told you exactly the sort of person he is. We told you he's going to be your favourite character. Did you come away from this wanting more pool? One hundred percent. Funny, he's funny. Generally, some good lines that were coming out of him. Yeah, so. this yeah. one in particular, he says, 
He says, that this is a delightful turnout. Five, same as last year, which means none of you were killed at summer camp. <laughs> and the other one? Yeah, and the other one, he says, he says, all I can see was sporting new styles. Uh, he says to one of the kids, hey, have you got contact lenses? And the boy goes, no, someone stole my glasses. <laughs> <laughs> we are fools for pool, aren't we? Yeah. I mean, the second he appears on screen, you know within... Five ten seconds of first seeing him, you will be laughing out loud. Yeah, he has all the best lines, and that continues again in this episode. Yeah, they. It's worth noting that the geeks. Uh, this is the first time we've seen the geeks properly. We saw them briefly in the cafeteria, but this is the first ones where we see the. Uh, I guess the test subjects in question that we're on about the yeah. the these five boys, are, and they are all boys. Yeah, are all are what we're supposed to believe geeks are like. Yeah, how they act, how they look, how they behave, what they say. And this, this is geek culture in TV, and it's very overplayed. And it's what it's what we're led to believe is, is geeks. That's why yeah. I think Chris was worried with this episode that it'd be a little yeah. offensive. And in some ways, it is. We'll find out a bit more. But they've got, um, yeah, they've, they've all got acne and yeah, glass, greasy hair and glasses, asthma. sweatshirts, asthma. Um, yeah, greasy, messy hair. Knitted jumpers, turtlenecks. Uh. Yeah, they're discussing um, uh, the X Files, aren't they? Yeah, not uh, being able to distinguish whether it's fact or fiction. Yeah, uh, yeah. The uh, nerd touchstones uh, again. This is uh, kind of that so ninety sort of thing. We learn that sort of like the TV shows that they um, talk about to sort of identify themselves as nerds. We have the X Files, of course, uh, Xena Warrior Princess, and Mystery Science Theater three thousand. Yes. Now, what's an interesting thing about the geeks is that typically, if you're a geek or a nerd, surely you should be clever, shouldn't you? you? Should be. That's what I don't like about. Oh, well, it's a lot. A lot of things I don't like about sort of the way that the geeks portrayed in this episode, and just generally sort of um, pop culture. Yeah, if you're a geek, you're intelligent, and okay, yeah, they don't have very good social skills because they're you know very awkward and nervous around you know people who aren't of their kind, but. That's not to say that they wouldn't understand necessarily when they're being made fun of mm. or um, like when they're alienating people by being too geeky in front of them. Yeah, I, I kind of think it's a bit... I don't know. Yeah, it's like an unfair representation, isn't it? Because um, whether you, you guys feel the same is, is that typically if you're a geek, you're a nerd, you're a brainiac or such, you know, you're supposed to be you know, clever... And you know you're, you're a whiz kid at, in school. You excel in school, whereas in TV, particularly in this episode, very strongly in this episode, the way they're geeky is not because they're intelligent, but because they are different. They look different. They talk different. They sound. You know, it's 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 not the geek culture that should the episode should be about. It should be about people being clever, not being socially awkward. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I suppose, you know, there probably is sometimes a degree of sort of social, um, sort of being socially unaware, maybe maybe with some maybe with some geeks, but to be honest, that's more often than not tied in with some degree of autism, and you yeah. don't really want to be making fun of that, do you? So, uh... <laughs> no. no. In walks Sabrina, cutting into the riveting conversation, and immediately sending the boys into shock, because, well, there's never been a girl at the club before. Nope. Ooh, ooh. Then again, saying that, though, maybe he has changed, is... I think the girls in my year, well, in our year, were more geeky than the boys. I think we had a far more girls that were I mean, I've, geeks. I've, I've never associated 
geeked them with uh, any particular uh, gender. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. For me, it's always been very like quite a, like a, a balanced thing. I don't like, know. I don't know. I mean, certainly, if we're talking about we're going back to sort of ge- geekiness as academic intelligence, studiousness, that didn't seem to be. As you say, in our school, it seemed to be more girls than boys. And I think if you look at um, statistics, that's generally the case uh, throughout. But um, I think, like in terms of like geek interests, like science fiction and video games and things, there is a stereotype, however incorrect it may be, of that being the domain of men, boys, and even today, you know, sorts of girls who express interest in that sort of thing are quite often their sincerity is doubted and sometimes they're just not welcomed i mean you know you i mean it's it, it's like it, it's it's like so i'm not going to get into this because it can cause a lot of outrage in people but it's things with like gaming and yeah, stuff yeah exactly um people if you say if a boy said he's a, a gamer and stuff they're going yeah that's yeah, fair enough i believe that um if a girl says they're a gamer, it's very it's questioned. Yeah. Um, and then oh, you, what? Yeah, you play Candy Crush. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Whatever. Oh, yeah. And you know, and then there's this label as being a gamer girl, which is a a fake gamer girl. Yeah. And you know, it, and it's it's just, it's yeah, it just goes directly into this, like being uh, geeks of specific gender, and and Sabrina showing interest in being a geek and stuff. It's questioned and doubted. We go to wrestling shows, Phil and I. We go to wrestling shows. A lot. What is the gender split of that audience? Probably 80-20, I think, boys. Yes. Yeah, 80% male, 20% female. It, yeah, a lot of nerdy interests tend to be dominated by men, and the women who do take an interest sometimes find it hard to fit in or be taken seriously. So, uh, yeah, I think... I think, yeah, geek, geek culture is stereotypically male. Yeah. Sabrina leaves the club uh, and ends up walking into Libby, who accuses her of being a geek, saying that she's a freak in geek's clothing. Oh. Sabrina drops a book, obviously, because she's a geek now, um, and Libby kicks it away. Mm. Fucking bitch. Um, we're at the Spellman's again, and Hilda is dancing to fur release in her battle armour, claim- claiming it can be worn whilst lounging round the house. <laughs> Delightful. Um, in walks Sabrina, asking Hilda about the range of her cannon. Hilda is only eager to find out. Yes. However, Zelda is not pleased with um, Sabrina's resolve to fire a cannon at Libby for being mean to her. She tells Sabrina that a cannon is not a solution for a land-based problem. <laughs> Which, again, very Simpsons and my favourite line of the episode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. because we found about Zelda is that she comes out with a couple of crackers. Not very often, no. but when they do, she, they're said in such a serious way. Because she is an academic. We found out recently she is a scientist. So yeah. um, to her, that's just a fact. But to us, that's a joke. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's a really good way of being delivering that sort of humour from a... A rather humourless character, in a way. In a way, yeah. Because yeah. she, uh, Hilda also blames Zelda that the reason why Sabrina is a geek is because of Zelda's poor influence. But really, yeah. it's the other way around. For she's she's been brought up well, surely. Yeah. She says that she wants to teach Libby a lesson, and Zelda recommends visiting her friend Cicero in the Magic Book. And Cicero again is very clever. Another one by uh, Zelda, which is said really, really just matter of facty. He's. I know you laughed at this, Jimmy. You like this. Um, she says Cicero uh, is reportedly the first ancient geek. Yes, <laughs> of course. And he's dressed as a geek well, and a Greek. 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 And Greek. Yeah. Greek. Um, so a nice little gag there. Um, he did wear glasses. Although, uh, whoa, 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 whoa! I just realised Cicero's a Roman. He talks about centurions and oh. things. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh. So, uh, not as clever as we thought it no. was. We thought it was geek and Greek. No. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, boo. Boo. That's because as as he got like a little like wreath crown. I think in his he head has. As yeah. Well. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, we thought this joke was cleverer than it was. <laughs> oh, it was just yeah. It's just an ancient. Oh, don't. Why did you laugh, Jim? We didn't. We didn't laugh. We weren't brought up and embarrassed ourselves. Um, so, oh, and also apparently he uh, he received the first recorded wedgie. He did. But didn't they not wear underwear under those? Well, they didn't. Gowns, wear, they so. didn't wear spectacles either, Phil, because they haven't been invented yet. And yet, yet Cicero is wearing glasses, of course, because he's a geek. So maybe the wedgie is. I don't know, pulled on his dick or the uh, maybe <laughs> just pulled, pulled oh. his gown over his head. Uh, I don't know. But um, yeah, so he's in the history books for um, yeah receiving that first unfortunate wedgie. Uh, Sabrina asks him how to teach Libby a lesson and he suggests turning her into a geek in hopes of making her realise that it's what's inside that counts. Yeah. Uh, we're back in school and Gordy once again has hurt his face on his locker. Oh, it's a regular thing. He should be disfigured by this point. <laughs> yeah. Discharged. Oh, no, no. Oh, speaking of, we, we forgot a scene when um, in the cafeteria when Gordy bumps, oh. bumps into Libby. I forgot about this. Um, he's apologising. He's like, "Oh, so, I'm sorry." And Libby says to him, "Oh, Gordy, you are so transferred." Implying <laughs> that she is so influential, she could get this poor boy moved to another school <laughs> for bumping into her. Yeah, like Siberia High. Yeah, she really is Stalin. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Yeah, so yeah, she she has the power, influence, or fingers in the right pies yeah. somewhere that she could just just for getting her uniform a little bit wet, she can ruin this poor boy's life. Yeah. So yeah, so uh, Gordy hurts his face on the locker. Libby laughs, and Sabrina makes her locker hurt Libby's face. So after hitting herself in the face, Libby then says that her eyes are starting to itch, so she must take her contacts out, much to the confusion of her friends who say, oh, I didn't know you wore contacts. Yeah. So apparently geeks have itchy eyes. Yeah, and that's why they can't see properly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, just constantly rubbing. <laughs> oh, awful. Um, and then after a tracking shot of her arse and a sip of the water fountain, Libby is now wearing big round frame glasses. Tick. Yeah. Um, she's now got straight greasy hair. Tick. Tick. Um, oh, her socks are pulled up to her knees. Tick. And that's all we get so far for the first little teaser. Um, the school bell goes and she rushes off to class because she can't miss it. She can't miss the class in case something she's learning is on a test. Yes. So she's got an urgency to get to class and learn. Another tick. Yeah. So already we've scored four things off the, uh, off the geek bingo card. Um, we're back in the cafeteria and everyone is enjoying their lunch. Suddenly in walks the school hunk, Matt Sabetti. Oh. Uh, and all the girls start sorting out their hair and all getting ready to look pretty. He comes over and says, hey girls. They all say hi and Libby goes, uh... So she has a weird geeky laugh. She's now socially awkward. Tick. Another tick. Um, oh, oh, and she now has asthma. Tick again. Because <laughs> yeah. only geeks have that, apparently, as where we found. She, where did she get her inhaler from? <laughs> oh, yeah, she has an inhaler. Well, I mean, Sabrina's magic. We always forget that she can just make things appear. But I mean, the glasses appeared on her face, didn't they? Yeah, I guess so. And she went well, to the fountain. No, they didn't appear on her face. She went and put them on. Yeah. So Sabrina must have magically made some contact lenses appear in her eyes for her to take some out. Yeah, it's it's um, needlessly. This, this is the thing. This is one thing that struck me when I was watching it. Like the whole like her like transformation to to a to a geek just isn't really done very well. Like she's she's like 
she she turns into a geek, but then she's kind of conscious of the fact that she's now a geek, but then trying to play as if, off as that as she's, she's not a geek. Been, yeah, so yeah. as if she's always weird. been one. Yeah. It's not like there's this sudden binary transformation yeah. from regular uh, bitchy cheerleading Libby to this massive geek. She's just Libby in glasses and cares a bit more about school. Yeah. I mean, this, this is quite dangerous. We've seen glimpses of Sabrina's needlessly dangerous magic. So in... Not only has she made her eyes sort of hurt, she's 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 deteriorated her eyes. Yeah. Um, fair enough. She's made her hair greasy, but yeah, you can just wash it. But she's she's caused some lung trauma to yeah. her for for her genuine health problems. <laughs> Libby could have an asthma attack. That, yeah. that would be <laughs> awful. Imagine imagine if she had an asthma attack. And yeah. Died just just in in uh, Sabrina's effort to teach her a lesson. Yeah. How do you feel then? How would she, you feel? Yeah, this is definitely Il- Hilda's uh, influence rubbing <laughs> off on her there, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, it? it gets worse later on as well. Yeah. The end yeah. when she seemingly... I mean, well, I won't spoil it just yet, but... But we, yeah, so, so we've already ticked off a couple of things. We're going to run off another one as well. Um, as she's a geek, she now has no rhythm, um, and she keeps falling over and struggling to cheer as her friends yeah. are doing the cheerleading. Her talent for cheerleading is gone. This bit reminded me, this is the second time on this podcast I'm going to reference Space Jam. <laughs> it reminded me of the Monstars taking the talent from the NBA players. Yeah. All of a sudden, you know, Patrick Ewing's getting hit in the head by a basketball he can't catch anymore. Very similar with Libby here. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, Space Jam is a bit more realistic in the sense that these these <laughs> cartoon monsters have taken this person's ability to play basketball at all. Uh, basketball at all. I don't know why it's also taken away their ability to catch things, but they can no longer play basketball. Full stop. No. Libby's just turned into a geek. She's not taken her ability to live her life away. I guess, yeah. but she's made her less coordinated, which is exactly what the Monstiles did. Yeah, that's true, yeah. yeah. but, I mean, geeks are always supposed to be, like, you know, the, the smart, calculated ones. Well, how, how can she no longer dance? <laughs> like, well, I mean, like, surely if anything, she'd have the, the higher intellect and would be able to do it better. Imagine, surely... imagine if, if, in this series, Libby could drive, and then Sabrina just went and turned into a geek, and she crashed on the way home. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute careless, reckless behaviour by Sabrina. She's trying to teach her a lesson. She's trying to kill her. Blimey. Um, so, yeah, so she's got no rhythm, which is a shame. Um, she gets pushed out of the cheerleader's circle, and they uh, they sort of fob her off. They say, oh, you're not one of us now. Go away. Um, she then bumps back into hunky Matt Sabetti, who calls her a geek. Mm. Then, kind of seemingly realising what she is now, uh, she runs out of the cafeteria, to which then Harvey says, there's something different about Libby. Did she change her hair? Yes, Harvey. (laughs) It's greasy as fuck. Everyone is now thrilled that Libby is being laughed at. Sabrina wants to see what she's up to, despite being told it has nothing to do with her. But she does it anyway. Uh, She's in the school bathroom, wheezing. So, she's got serious health problems. She can't can't breathe quietly now. This is just getting worse, isn't it? Um... You didn't see the first episode, um, Jimmy, but um, in the first episode also, uh, Sabrina temporarily um, inflicts upon Libby the symptoms of Parkinson's disease. <laughs> yes, she does, yeah. <laughs> She tries to teach her a lesson, but she uses a magic, and Libby ends up just, a hand keeps shaking, and she's colouring her face with this lipstick. <laughs> it's it's terrifying, yeah. <laughs> this is uh, awkward, out. It's a totally different show to what you thought it was, isn't it? <laughs> um, so she's caught a wheezing in the, uh, in the bathroom. Um, Libby then says, have you come to gloat? Which is a bit of a weird thing. What's Sabrina going to go? Hmm, I breathe fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, she says, no, just thought you'd need a friend. Which is quite... I was going to say it's quite grown up, because 
she gets tortured by Libby, but it's not because she's caused this. Yeah, to it's happen, all her fault. So um, you know, so it's, it is kind of a bit gloaty in a way. Um, Sabrina tries to steer Libby into the direction she wanted. Uh, that's to make her realise that it's all about what's inside that matters. Libby then seemingly coming to terms that she's a geek gets positive that despite the asthma and glasses, she's still her. Uh, we then learn that Libby's surname is Chesler. Yeah. Libby Chesler. They return to lunch and she then decides to sit with the geeks who are an absolute awful gaggle of wheezing, snorting nerds who put chips up the nose. Yeah. Um... Which, again, smart guys. Childish sense of humour. Doesn't make any sense. So she says to sit with the geeks. They then want to ask her about uh, whether she saw uh, Xena, Warrior Princess. Uh, She says, no, let's talk about power. How to get it and how to keep it. I think she's still the same Libby as before, Graham. Um, I do too. Yeah, so Libby is just confirming what was believed before, that she's power mad. She likes attention. And through the attention, she gets to power, and then as long as she can control people, as long as she's got her cronies around her to agree with her every move, yeah. she's happy. She doesn't matter whether she is cool or, or liked by by those anyone would consider as cool. She yeah. just wants people to like her, really. Any setback, she will turn to her advantage by asserting power over the situation. Yes, no, exactly. Sabrina returns to the science club, only to be met with the new science club president... Libby, who shuns her out because she's not a proper geek. You never sit with us at lunch, says one geek. <laughs> Another geek says, Watch your eyesight then, 2020, and they all start <laughs> laughing. <laughs> oh, oh. Sabrina gets shunned out, um, and she can't believe that they're siding with Libby. She's our leader, they say. Apart from Gordy, he stands up for himself, sorta, and runs away from Libby with Sabrina. Yes. Great. Uh, back at the Spellmans, and Hilda is tenderising a steak with her mace. Yes. She's found another use for it. Um, Sabrina comes in, why doesn't my magic work the way I want it to, she says. Because she's upset and she's not geeky enough, despite previously being upset about being called one. Yes. Obviously causing Hilda a bit of confusion. Sabrina says the point was uh, was to Libby to find out uh, what's inside that counts, but only going deeper into it, she's found out that what is inside is a, manip- a manipulative, conniving dictator. Indeed. Indeed. Um, Sabrina wants to turn her back to normal, which is what she does then. Uh, we're back at school, and Libby has now completely changed her look. Not only does she look slightly geeky, she looks incredibly geeky. She's wearing an awful, plain, sort of turtleneck, Yes. Jumper, that's another thing off her, uh, with her geeky cronies walking around her, uh, poking fun at her former cheerleading friends, yeah, mocking them. Yeah. yeah. What does the W stand on you on your Westfield High jumper? Where's my brain? Yeah. And they all laugh. As did, uh, well, no, we didn't. Uh, <laughs> Sabrina, sick of this, uses her magic to change her back, gradually it seems, but Libby seems to like being a geek. She says her eyes don't itch anymore, so she doesn't necessarily need her glasses anymore. Saying that, though, she's already taken her contact lenses out. So yeah. surely her eyes shouldn't be itchy. No. <laughs> you can't wear contact lenses and glasses. I say they all have itchy eyes. Constantly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you're a geek, you have itchy That's eyes. That's the geek's burden. Jenny then says, Libby doesn't care what group she's in. As long as she can exclude people, yeah. she's happy. Which is, a again, a sort of like really good bit of psychoanalysis on Libby. Yes, very much so. And it kind of makes Libby seem a bit of an honest character, really, that... She can't be changed. She's just no. who she is. Mm. 
Um, Sabrina tries to invite Jenny and Harvey to Science Club, uh, which they both reject. So naturally, she uses her magic to geekify them by making them hit their own faces on their lockers. Um, but it's not just those two she does it. Jimmy, um, roughly, how many times does she make students hit themselves in the face? Ugh, lost count. She then walks into Science Club. Libby tries to shun them out. Mr. Poole says, oh, Sabrina, come on in. Who's now, uh, she's, she's got glasses on, her shirt is buttoned up, her pants are pulled up to her breasts. She's, yeah. she's saying geeky things, she's snorting. So Sabrina, all geekified, asks Mr. Poole. She's like, yeah, I'm a geek. I want to talk about Philip K. Dick. Yeah, it's not the most geeky thing she could talk about. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, maybe it was just an excuse for her to say dick willingly. Um, Harvey looks like Bono, I said, and you all agree. <laughs> yeah. He's got he's found these tinted glasses from somewhere. He's got his hair slipped back, and yeah, and he he just looks like Bono, who pr- it's probably what he looked like in 1996. Yeah, more or less, actually, around about the time of the pop album. Yeah, yeah. So we'll, what we we'll do is we'll, we'll uh, try and get a screen grab of it and upload it on yeah. our on our Twitter page. I, I just. I, it's one thing, it, again, it comes down to when she's going to turn them into people. Like, where did these clothes come from? Like, <laughs> yeah. Is that part of her spell that they just like, get these clothes? Because when she casts the spell on the people, they just hit the face of the locker now. They're a geek now. I and then of... the next time you see them, they're, they're clad in all this yeah. geeky outfit. Like, where's it come from? I kind of like <laughs> that the transition is gradual because it makes it easier to sort of hide it from sort of mortals that something, you know unnatural has occurred yeah and also it's almost a bit like I don't know American Werewolf in London or something you know, like <laughs> just a really gradual sort of transition into another form um, yeah. so yeah so they have sort of transformed into sort of like a werewolf just a were geek in a way haven't they um, Libby upset that everyone is now geek she says this isn't a club this is just where people with similar interests come to hang out which in everyone else's mind is yeah that's a club not to her though a club is something she can rule yeah isn't it Um, so she leaves uh, in a huff um, and we see um, in a short while that she's no longer a geek she doesn't want to be associated with them anymore Uh, we're back at the Spellmans and Hilda is horrified at Sabrina's geekiness while Zelda is overjoyed Sabrina has come to terms that Libby will always be Libby and she will always be her yeah so she shouldn't be upset by what she's branded as because Again, as I said about I think Libby's quite an honest character. She is horrible throughout. Yeah. And it's just because that's her. Yeah. Back at school and Gordy drops his books again. <laughs> and Libby decides against kicking it, which is very grown up, and instead picks it up um, saying that she doesn't like to bully geeks anymore because they're people too. Yeah. So we have... Chris would be lo- would have loved this. He loves his character development. We so so you'll have to make a comment on this based as uh, Chris. So um, so Jimmy, how did you feel about this character development of a Libby sort of maturing and realizing that maybe she should tone down on the on the hatred she has towards everyone else? I mean, I don't know. It's, it's kind of like she she gets halfway with some kind of element of, yeah. of character yeah. development. Um, you know. Without that scene, there was never any other hint that she'd kind of learned anything That's from true, this. Yeah. Um, she she was still a bitch. She was still, you know, very much just wanted to be in control of people. Yeah. Um, and yeah, she just kind of was like, oh, don't pick on. Yeah, in fact, in fact she doesn't learn anything at all. <laughs> she doesn't learn anything. She, you know, she's like, oh, you know, geeks are people too. But then immediately then goes to take, take the piss out of Sabrina. So she, all she did is just move the hatred onto another group of people. Well, it's still there. She's still she's still bitchy and she's still someone who just, just craves control. So she doesn't learn anything. And also, perhaps, 
her hate was sort of, um, you know, sort of portioned out, you know, between, you know, Sabrina and her gang, well, Sabrina and Jenny, basically, she sort of pretends to be nice to Harvey. So, yeah, Sabrina and Jenny copped most of it, but a bit of it was siphoned off towards the geeks. Now she's okay with the geeks, so all her hate will be directed at Sabrina and Jenny. So, Sabrina <laughs> may have just unwittingly made her own life utter hell. <laughs> she has just backfired her entire yeah, it's, it's only payback, really, seeing that she caused her, like, Awful respiratory problems <laughs> to, to yeah. throughout the whole episode. Yeah, you, you know what, Sabrina? You know what you've done. You've made Jenny hate you even more, and you know what? You've given her a bloody good reason to hate you as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, she couldn't breathe for most of this episode. Calm as a bitch. And yeah. let's not forget that she turned the more or less the entire year yeah. into these nerds with asthma attacks as well. <laughs> yeah. She could have killed her entire year. Yeah, uh, she could just have killed just... all her students. Yeah. Unwittingly in the middle of the night. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Ooh. I've really, I really disliked Sabrina in this episode. <laughs> thankfully, thankfully, we're right at the end. Um, as during the credits, a, a boy by the name of Timmy, we learn, uh, is throwing water balloons at Sabrina's window. Uh, Sabrina calls him a little creep. Oh. Uh, but Hilda then goes to sort him out with her cannon. Uh, we then hear an explosion, uh, so she's possibly killed him and adding another notch to her tally. Yes, um, yep, the body count uh, continues for Hilda. Yes, and we explained to Jimmy through this episode, the reason why that's funny is because... She's never admitted to killing people, but it's definitely hinted, even in these nine episodes, <laughs> that not everyone within her vicinity was completely safe. So that's episode nine, Geek Like Me, a grain first. Uh, how did you find the episode summarised? Um, I wasn't too big of a fan of this one either, I'm afraid, which is sad because it follows on from another one, which again, uh, I wasn't too enamoured with um, previously, uh, Magic Joel. Um... One thing I did enjoy, and it probably placed this one above uh, Magic Joel mm. for me, because that one, you had a bit with Sabrina and Harvey, which I didn't think helped their story for the most part, and then you just had a, a one-off other character who the episode was built around. Here, it's more or less an episode centred around Libby. And, you know, like she's a character who, you know, yes, we don't like her because she's horrible, but, you know, we've all, all the way through we've sort of talked and we've sort of um, exchanged theories as to why, again, she, she behaves the way she does, and it was nice just seeing sort of what makes her tick, really, and that, you know, like, regardless of what situation you place her in, she will always try and control her, you know, it really is a power thing with her, she really does just want, she doesn't want to just be facing the crowd, she must command influence over everybody around her, so it was interesting seeing the development there. However, as we touched upon towards the end of the episode, the methods that Sabrina adopts to sort of try and teach her a lesson, as well as backfiring on her, are just so over-the-top cruel, really. Yeah. And just, I don't know, there's, there's just something about how... Well, a few things, really. One, how, you know, if Sabrina's supposed to be, you know, sort of our hero, just supposed to be our, our sort of nice, sort of, you know, down-to-earth girl, one, the fact that even her and Jenny and Harvey do sort of treat the geeks as like a subspecies, which I didn't like. They don't have to be their friends, but yeah, I think it sort of made made Sabrina seem less relatable and a bit less like the underdog mm. to see that there's like a sort of a, a level of sort of person below her that she's not necessarily all that nice to, or at least she doesn't bully them, but she doesn't really treat them as equals either. So I think, yeah, I think it's sort of a... Uh, an episode where you kind of start to see that maybe Sabrina isn't that 
different to Livy. Yeah. In that she is sort of imposing her will through magic upon people. <laughs> so I don't think it really achieved what it set out to do. Yeah. Because yeah. you kind of start thinking, is there that big a difference between Libby and Sabrina? That's how I was feeling about <laughs> yeah, it in yeah, this episode. Yeah. I don't think that's what they were going for. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy, obviously, it's a bit different for you seeing this is the only episode you've seen, you've not seen uh, the journey of our characters, particularly Libby and, and Sabrina throughout. Um, but how. Do you agree, disagree with, with any of Brent's um, points? I fully agree, really, yeah. It, it didn't really quite have that. Um, the, 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 the moral that the story was trying to go towards didn't really land properly and almost kind of backfired as Graham, so he, he gets the point where, like, hang on, Sabrina's not too different to Libby in that respect. Um, but yeah, I mean, it wasn't a bad episode wasn't an amazing episode off of it. I haven't got the other ones to kind of compare it with, which as an episode as a standalone doesn't have its own merits. Um, it, it was funny in the part it was funny, it wasn't it wasn't offensively bad. It wasn't amazing, it was kind of middle of the road. You know, we, we you know we also you know the, the, the jokes landed and we had um, you know we had Bono. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or Bono slash uh, Edgar David making an appearance yeah. there with, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. with those lovely, lovely glasses. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna say yeah, middle of the road episode, just average, yeah. average. No, no, I, I, I agree. I think it, it, it is placed higher than the previous episode. In lamest terms, it achieved what it wanted to do. It was about learning that oh, Libby will never change. She does really, but we see a little glimpse that maybe she's not changed, but she's learned something. But throughout, Sabrina hasn't really learned anything, and the no. methods that she went to. Um, again, a bit far-fetched. Same level as the way to show an invisible boy going missing in a girl's locker room. It's just like that. The way she's she's made Libby learn her lesson is by uh, by mocking the community that she's supposed to be a fighter for. Yeah, exactly. And so it's you know it's again a funny episode. I think a well-written episode. Yeah. Some very good points in terms of the psychological of the characters, like the, how Harvey describes himself, how Jenny describes herself, and the genuine thought of Jenny's, uh, of sort of Libby's character, yeah. how she's described and how the other characters see her, I think it's, it's very, very good. And for that reason only, I think it is a better, a step up from the last episode. Yeah, I'd say so, just about, yeah. Um, and Jimmy, now... Normally at this time, Chris uh, is our rank master. So he's the yeah. one who sets the boundaries. He says what he um, sees the episode as uh, out of ten, uh, or so out of something like that. And me and then Graeme sort of contest whether we agree. So right. um, he normally tries to be as witty as possible. Uh, sometimes, arguably, it's not always achieved. But <laughs> um, uh, so, what would you, what would you review this episode as? Right, uh, just distinctively average. So I'm going to say middle of the road, uh, I give it five Wesson out of head. That's what I'll go for good, with that one. That's a good one. So five Wessons, what do you think? Um, I think I gave the uh, previous episode five. Yes, so yeah, you did. Um, I did very much enjoy the fact that there was, for everybody apart from Sabrina, there was good character development in this episode. So I would say it was better. I'd say six and a half Wessons. Yeah, no, I, I'd give, um, yeah, no, I'd give the same six, six and a half or so. Just a little bit better than the last episode, but still not nowhere near 
the previous episodes that we've no. seen. Would you like to know a brief synopsis of what episode 10 is? I would indeed. Okay, episode 10 is called Sweet and Sour Victory. Sabrina uses her magic to become a kung fu master. Oh my. Only to have her conscience beat her in a fight. Oh my, that sounds <laughs> extremely intriguing and maybe a bit racist, yeah. but hopefully not. <laughs> um, I was going to say, there's, there's going to be some like... Well, will <laughs> it be stereotypes that I imagine from that episode? Will Asian be... culture tackled in 1996. <laughs> <laughs> will it be racist? You just have to find out. One thing that I'm not going to let you find out, I'm going to sort of ask you now. Out of every cast member of Sabrina, who is the one person who you would want to be the Kung Fu master? The teacher of Kung Fu? Mr. Poole. <laughs> That's exactly who it is. Oh yes. We in this join us in episode ten called Sweet and Sour Victory where Mr. Poole teaches Sabrina Kung Fu. Wow <laughs> I for one am incredibly excited. Um, thank you very much, Jimmy, for stepping in um, on behalf of Chris. Uh, did you enjoy yourself? Oh, of course. Yeah, it was, it was good. Uh, trip back to memory lane to watch Sabrina again. Yeah. And, uh... Great, thank you very much uh, for joining me. As always, did you enjoy? I, I, I did indeed. However you choose to listen to this show, whether it be via Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud or iTunes, if you could be so kind, please leave us a comment and a review. Your support and inspiration will give the show meaning. Otherwise, we're just broadcasting to no one. And that's just sad. Also, why not subscribe? Then as soon as every episode hits the air, you'll get it downloaded straight away. How easy and, dare I say, magical is that? If you head to our Twitter page, at SabrinaWatch, you'll find links to each of our episodes, as well as quotes, pics and skits of our favourite moments as the series progresses. Whichever realm you're from, thank you once again for listening, and I hope you tune back in next week.